Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you? I'm doing good, how are you doing today? Not too bad, yep. I'm feeling better than uh, last week, so that's always good. Uh, what have you been playing uh, with within the last week? Uh, well, I haven't been playing the last couple, three days. I've been on the road all week. I'm actually uh, connecting in from, I honestly don't know where, because uh, we had to force ourselves off the road and into a hotel early because there's some bad weather coming in. Uh, what little I did get to play, I've been uh, cleaning up some side quests in Division 2. And I got to say, I do like the fact that, I mean, even though they're just side quests, they are more than just go to this place and kill some things. I mean, granted, that's pretty much what you do in, the, in any Division game, mm-hmm. but they all have a lot of story behind them. Um, a third section for the Kentley College opened up and has been kicking my ass every single time I've tried it, so I've kind of stepped back from that to get a little uh, gear up, see if that's uh, the problem. Uh, I fired up the old Nostalgia Machine, uh, downloaded and started uh, the original Bard's Tale. Now, granted, this is the remaster. Okay. But it's it's very, very faithful to the original, like, um, EVA graphics uh, circa 1998. Not even that, 1989 is when I was first playing that game. And so, I mean, obviously this is their version of an HD, so it's something that would be equivalent to, say, the original Xbox or PS1-level graphics. Uh, but still, I mean, it's it's a blast from the past, and I'll probably play through it just because, you know, I can. It's on Game Pass. It's free. It's not costing me anything. Cool. Uh, but outside of that, I really haven't had a whole lot of chance to play any games. But thankfully, I'll be back in my own bed tomorrow, and then I'll be gaming a lot all weekend. Nice. Sounds good. Um, yeah, I've got a cool week that's going to be uh, exciting with some stuff that we'll be talking about both here and in the housekeeping section. Uh, it's been, you know, last week was kind of rough, and then this week's gotten a lot better. Uh, but, um, yeah, so that's... Um, are you still playing uh, Dragon Quest Eleven? We'll be talking about the news here in a bit. But uh, have you been... Yeah, I still get a little bit of time into it. Um, that's kind of the downside of those uh, old-school Japanese JRPGs, that if you concentrate on the story, uh, you skip a lot of the grinding, and I'm seriously underleveled for what I'm trying to do, so I've just been wandering around, you know, mm-hmm. trying to level up, so nothing, like, gameplay-wise to really talk home about. Cool. Alright. Um, yeah, I guess my whole, uh, what I've been playing kind of dips into the news, because uh, there was a Dragon Quest Eleven demo uh, which came out uh, today. Was it last week that I said I, I got it for PS4 and then I sent it back? I think that was last week. It was within the last couple of weeks. Because uh, I basically wanted to get it for the PS4 and just try the game and see if it was if I liked it. I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as I was walking the dog, dog today, I checked the news and uh, it says, um, you know, Dragon Quest Eleven demos out. So I think, cool, I'll go home and download that. Uh, and the progress that you make in that does carry over as well. I haven't actually finished the demo itself yet, but I got to a pretty uh, big kind of story point at the, at the start. Now, is this a cool. demo for the PS4 or the demo for the Switch that the came Switch. out yesterday? Okay. Yeah, yeah it's uh, 11S. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Warriors of Elucidate or whatever the ex- extremely unnecessary yeah. long uh, I subtitle. I think that's what it's called, yeah. Is. Um, yeah, the, the full game's out for PS4 already and Xbox One as well? I would... No, it's a PS4 exclusive. This is oh, a big okay. jump in coming to the Switch. Hmm. Yeah. Um, technically, it's on PC. Okay. Um, through Steam, but yeah, it's just the one console it's not coming to is Xbox now. So interesting. Uh, we'll see if that changes, I suppose, within the next because it's been exclusive for 
a year, eighteen months or so, roughly. I don't think so. I think it was on P. I I don't have my computer in front of me, so I don't have the ability to check Steam. But I think it was on Steam fairly close to mm-hmm. when it launched on uh, PS4. Yeah. I don't know. I got it so late on a <laughs> PS4 cycle that I don't even remember. So. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I played the first bit of that, and um, I played about the first. I want to say about the first hour and fifty minutes or so. Um, and you know, obviously got further than before. Uh, it's a bit of a slow game, but I am interested in some of the characters and stuff, and um, what, where where things are kind of going. And I've just gotten onto the big bit where uh, you get set on your on your quest. Basically, everybody sort of says goodbye to you or whatever. This is like right at kind of the start of the game, like this sort of intro to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, it's it's good so far. I'm interested to see if the combat is going to be as frequent as I think it's going to be, and how that's going to kind of turn out. Well, you can you can do or avoid as much combat as you want. Mm-hmm. So when you get into the main world, everything that's an encounter is visible in front of you. Yeah. So you can yeah. avoid combat, or you can smack into everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how uh, how that kind of shapes out. I'll probably finish. Uh, I don't know how long of the demo I've got left, but uh, it comes out on the 20th of uh, September for Switch. I think it's the 20th of September for Switch. So yeah, if you want to get in there now and get in the first uh, you know a couple of hours or whatever, just like I've kind of done, and then it said that your uh, progress will carry over. So if you want to get that as kind of an intro, again, just like I've done, and then wait for the full game on the 20th of uh, September on Switch. Uh, the other thing that came out, which also kind of dips into news, which I've been playing, uh, Erica, which is a uh, admittedly like an interactive movie. Some people would, would call it. It's it's a live action, yeah, essentially film that you interact with, basically. Because um, a lot of people were joking, like, "Oh my god, is this what next gen graphics are going to look like?" No, it's real people that have been filmed. So, yeah, it's a basically live action uh, interactive thing. Um, it's it, it's good in a lot of spots but then in a lot of other spots it's like it it has the, it dips into this problem of um and granted the game's quite short it's about uh two and a half hours long i want to say roughly um at least that's mm-hmm. roughly how long I, I think i played it for uh today i did play it and finish it at least the, the one of the endings obviously there's multiple choices and stuff and uh that of course leads to different endings which is something i really like in games uh you know if you feel like your choices matter who you're gonna kill who you're gonna save all that sort of stuff who you're gonna trust and not trust uh there's long there's long sort of sections in this game i am gonna call it a game because you still kind of use a controller and interact but whatever um, there's a lot of sections in this game where, like, you're exploring as Erica because you're basically investigating something. And I don't think I can say what she's investigating because I think it's a spoiler. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm just going to leave that detail out just in case. Uh, Maybe it, on the it, safe it, side. Yeah, it feels like a big spoiler. So uh, she's investigating something. And uh, there's a lot of sections where you'll go into a room and because there's such an emphasis on... Like, you can swipe the... It's basically, you know, the uh, the D-pad on the PS4 controller. Not the button, but the actual swipe thing that you can do. You essentially, like, click on things and swipe and do all this and that. And it's sort of like, you can swipe to open this drawer. Now swipe to open these letters and then swipe to close the drawer. And, and there's long sections in the game where... If this was, if this was an ordinary film... It would be kind of boring to watch the person do what she's doing, but because it's you getting into to interact with, okay, you can open this box and then you can put it away and then you can scrub this mirror and do all this and that. It it makes you kind of try and think that 
it's a bit more than what it is, I suppose. I get that's the idea of the game, which is you swiping on this uh, D-pad. Because the entirety of the game is played on that, basically. And uh, it tries to make it sort of a bigger thing, I suppose, than what it is. Um, so, I, I don't know. Some parts of it are really, really good. And other parts are just long kind of stretches of closing drawers and opening boxes and opening doors and stuff. So, uh, And the story is a bit kind of convoluted do you remember that game i've talked about before called virginia where i said it made absolutely no, no narrative sense mm-hmm. this game erica makes more narrative sense but it still goes to like weird and silly places in some scenes to where i was like okay don't like try and convolute this story and then they sort of get things on track and then back off track and then on track and it's yeah it, it's a bit of a mixed bag to me i might do like a full uh review or something and get into some of the the uh, bigger part of it, but it's all right. It's it's kind of cheap. It's uh, eight ninety nine uh, pounds in UK. I think it's like ten dollars or whatever. Uh, and then of course announced that uh, on uh, Monday at uh, Gamescon. We'll be getting into some Gamescon stuff in here in a bit. But in order for me to talk about the things I've been playing, it's been those two things uh, today basically. So uh, and then of course within the next week. Um, by the way, just an update on Control as well. Um, because in the UK we have Bank Holiday this Monday, and of course there's no post on Sunday, so that's two days in a row without post, and uh, it was going to come out on Tuesday, Boomerang sent out a message on their, their Facebook page and said that they're dispatching the game on Friday, so that people hopefully receive it Saturday, so if I can, if I do get sent a copy, hopefully I'll be able to put a uh, first impressions video out on Saturday, and uh, yeah, it'll weirdly be out there before the game's been publicly kind of released it's not like an early code or anything like that it's just because of how the postage has worked um and i assume they had to get permission to be able to kind of do that or something i don't think they can usually just say hey we're gonna send this game out a few days early because um so um yeah that's the situation with that hopefully i'll have the game a bit earlier and we'll see how things go uh, so Control obviously is coming out next week and then there's, like I said, there's like a whole bunch of games coming out on the 30th. And then, did they say that if you are on Games Pass you can get Gears 5 on the 6th of September instead of the 10th? Let me double check because they, they did that. a whole bunch of uh, Gears announcements. Yeah, obviously I'll be playing <coughs> that as well which will be just after the uh, 30th. So, um, I'm pretty sure someone said that. I mean, it's possible. What I've got is just from the Gamescom, which we can get into the specifics of what they're uh, showing for Gears 5, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, cool. So, I mean, it's, a, it's an incentive to get people into Game Pass. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be playing, obviously, we've spoken about Blair Witch and Control, Man of Maiden, and uh, Astral Chain. So, a whole bunch of stuff coming up. So, yeah, that's pretty much what we've, we've been playing. Let's move into some housekeeping. See you in a minute. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, All you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. Sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon. There's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past. 
and get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, Classic Reviews is back for the remainder of Season 2. There will be five review episodes and then one Season 2 rankings. Uh, which will be the week after that. Uh, so there will be episodes uh, 6, 7, 8, 9 and 10. Which will be coming out weekly. Uh, but today was season 2 episode 6. And it was for Toy Story 2. Uh, so that's obviously a big film for me to kind of review as well. And there's a very specific bit of history with me and that film. Like a very specific scene involving Buzz Lightyear. So <laughs> go and listen to that as well. Uh, so yes, Classic Reviews is back. And that will finish. I think it finishes on the 25th of September. I think that's the next. What the date will be in 6 weeks time. Uh, the United Cast Episode 9 uh, didn't do quite as well against Wolves as we should have. Uh, I'm talking about, of course, the Man United podcast. The United Cast, our uh, Man United football podcast. Uh, we drew 1-1 with Wolves on Monday night. And uh, some things went wrong in the game that shouldn't have quite gone as wrong as they did. Uh, as opposed to the Chelsea game. Uh, the next game is going to be against Crystal Palace. 3 o'clock Saturday. Uh, yeah, 3 o'clock Saturday, Crystal Palace. I think we are at home. To Crystal Palace, uh, of course, because the Wolves game we were away, so it was a one-one draw against Wolves, and uh, yes, there was a few incidents in the game, uh, specifically some penalty stuff, some referee decisions, and some other stuff as well. So uh, yeah, that was that. Let's play Sundays is continuing. I think the second episode was this week. Yes, Let's play Sundays too. Apex Construct that is still continuing as well. Uh, scripted review for Apex Construct is out there, so if you want to see what I think a bit more in depth of the game. Uh, you can listen to that. Last week, me and Robert uh, wrapped up our coverage for iZombie. We have had the series finale. Someone did tweet at, uh, is it Raul Cool? Uh, Ravi's um, actor. Mm-hmm. And said, like, hey, is there any plans for spin offs, etc.? And you know, in the theme tune, there's the already dead bit. Um, he's, he made this sort of joke of like iZombies, uh, and then he tried to do it in like a long. Um, piece of writing to say it's already dead but uh, yeah iZombie is wrapped up and uh, of course he sort of made a joke about it not coming back so uh, yeah series wrap up for that and that's the second one that we've done of course the first one was for Game of Thrones uh, so go and check those out as well uh, last week on Random Gaming Talk we talked about PlayStation 4's sales because of course they've reached 100 uh, million at the moment uh, so yeah I'm sure they've gone slightly past that now uh, by the way Spider-Man has reached 13 million in in uh sales as well so uh, that's a really really good uh, step for insomniac and of course we'll be discussing insomniac games here in a moment uh yes last week ps4 sales we talked we did some uh, 50 video game questions we did i think 21 of them i think we'll continue that next week because we've got a lot of stuff to talk about with uh gamescon today uh, and we also talked about some madness that's happening on twitch uh, did a Patreon update last week. Uh, listen to that and check out uh, the new Patreon tier that we've got, uh, which is a $3 thing uh, involving review requests and ad-free podcasts. So go and check out that. Uh, scripted review last week got posted from my friend Pedro, so you can check that out. Uh, YouTube update. I do actually need to update YouTube and put out some uh, of the newer podcasts on there. But essentially we're going to put, be putting some of the audio podcasts onto YouTube because it's too big of a platform for me to just completely ignore, basically. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be seeing Crawl on Friday and then I think it's called Stories to Tell in the Dark or Don't Tell Stories in the Dark. It's the new the new, uh, horror film that's uh, recently come out. I can't remember the specific name, but it's something to do with uh, 
stories to tell in the dark or don't tell stories in the dark. I'm going to be seeing that on Monday and uh, that will be the next two film reviews because of course we didn't really have much in August so that is what has been happening on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let's move into some news. Alright, what would you like to talk about today? Uh, well, a lot of Microsoft stuff came out of Gamescom. Mm. Probably the most uh, important, at least uh, for people that are living in the UK, is all the official announcements for XO19 London. Uh, the official dates are November 14th to 16th of this year. Uh, tickets go on sale September 24th. I'm looking here. I mean, all all the obvious stuff. Um, it's going to be on Mixer for the people that can't go. Uh, they're doing specific gear, uh, you know, T-shirts and whatnot for it. I'm looking to see if they've got the uh, prices up yet. Uh, I didn't see anything about it. Yeah, actually, uh, it's surprisingly affordable. Tickets go on sale Tuesday, September 24th. Tickets will be priced at £19 per session, hmm. with all proceeds going to charity. Uh, now, it doesn't say how many sh- sessions there are yet, but i got to imagine that it being a three-day event, there's probably a few. Uh, but if you want to go you know, see one or two different things, it's not that unaffordable. I mean, granted, you're probably going to be living close to London. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, hotel rooms cost you a bunch, but still, it's not like they're charging. When, when remember we talked about BlizzCon, it was like six, seven hundred dollars, yeah. like something insane like that. Yeah, um, that's surprisingly affordable. Hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I, I'm either going to be going to EGX or MCM London in October. If not, I'm probably just going to go to Walker Stalker uh, next mm-hmm. year in February. So, because um, yeah, I want to save up a little bit more money. Uh, for for this uh, for for that for next time, because uh, it was slightly more expensive. The, the stuff there was slightly more expensive than what I expected. Because uh, the entry fee is one thing, but then when you go into these conventions, uh, you have to pay for for other stuff within them, of course. Which I I, I knew, but I didn't know quite how expensive things were going to be. But um, yeah, so I might either save the money that I've currently saved uh, for Walker Stalker, uh, and they're and they're actually expanding it to uh, Heroes and Villains as well. It's actually called FanFest now because it's Walker Stalker and Heroes and Villains, uh, which includes the uh, Arrowverse cast as well. Well, some of them, uh, not like all of them guaranteed to go. It depends on their schedule and stuff. Um, so yeah, mostly my c- convention money essentially is what I'm trying to say. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. going to either save for all for that or go to one of those events. I don't know about this EXO. Uh, event thing so i don't know does it where is it gonna be did it say uh let me pull it back up again here real quick okay because the other three events i mentioned are all at xl so uh it's a bit better for me to get to uh it's the copper box arena okay i don't know where it is but uh yeah i mean i'm likely to not go i suppose but we'll see what happens that's in november so it's a little bit after uh, yeah. EGX and stuff so I, I haven't even probably looked into what's at, at EGX and stuff so um, yeah but yeah that's kind of how I feel about those things yeah and the bulk of it will be on Mixer anyway so I mean yeah. if you can't go or you don't have the funds to go if you're like me you live on the other side of the planet you know you can still catch up 
on some of it. Mm-hmm. Or I could uh, buy a T-shirt, put the Entertainment logo on there, and try and make sure I get on camera. But there you go. Uh, well, not not even like on camera, just in the background somewhere, and then just kind yeah, of, just uh... get a get a QR code <laughs> on your back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to the links to the entertainment talk that way people don't even have to have like the website what's you can just thing? you know oh, get the a... QR code yeah what's this thing oh there's a whole bunch of podcasts on there so yeah I yep. doubt that would happen but um yeah um yeah how, how do you think what do you think they're gonna are you excited for X it's XO isn't it um it's yeah called... it's called XO mm-hmm. I mean I'm always excited for um you know big presentation type stuff um Me too. as we get more and more into the future we're getting more and more away from E3 I'm you know, I give figure five years, E3 is going to have to seriously rethink what they do because with the Nintendo Directs and the Sony Game Days or whatever they're eventually going to call it, and then with uh, Microsoft doing the XOs, they're getting more press and more coverage out of the specified events and instead of everybody going all to the same place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm a, still a big fan of E3 and stuff. I love that these companies get on stage and they have people coming out and announcing stuff. And I mean, there's no real difference, like at home viewing wise, of seeing like like you've got the the stage presentation and people can come out and announce stuff in a fancy way. But the I mean, the, the Nintendo Directs have done really really well. Um, and the well, I mean, some people have complained about the state of place, but it's essentially kind of the same thing. Um, those are pretty good as well. And then, of course, you've got the Inside Xbox episodes, which I don't think I've watched many of them. But uh, they're not quite scheduled the same way as, like, oh, there's a Nintendo Direct, what's going to be announced? Or, like, oh, there's a state of play. It seems to be a little bit more, like, frequent um, mm-hmm. with the Inside Xbox stuff, which I, I don't... I think that makes it kind of less special, because then it's not like, oh, what's Sony going to announce at state of play? Or, like, oh, what is... Nintendo gonna announce it uh, this new direct. Like, oh, there's a new direct this Thursday. What what could that be about? Because um, don't they do a weekly inside Xbox thing or like semi? No, they do a weekly uh, this week in Xbox, but right. the inside Xbox tends to have like more live get because it's it's shot it's done live. The uh, this week in Xbox is pre-recorded, yeah. but the inside Xboxes that they do about once a month or so, they're live. Um, they'll have interviews on them. Sometimes they'll give stuff away. Uh, sometimes if you just have it in the background on mixer you'll get a code a couple days later for something you know skin or something free for your xbox mm-hmm. yeah um but yeah i mean if you look at this year's um e3 nintendo direct there's no stage presentation or anything and it was really really good um plus you know the games that were announced were uh stuff that was more to my liking i suppose um but yeah, you you can do that, I suppose, as the future, and um, we'll just have to see how things go in the next couple of years. It'll be specifically interesting when, like, okay, when we do officially get, okay, what is Xbox Scarlet, what is the PlayStation 5, and what are the games that are going to be, you know, when those next big steps happen. I know we've heard about, like, oh, okay, God of War 2, Spider-Man 2, probably PS5, the next Uncharted, Horizon, probably PS5, but when when... When either Microsoft or Sony comes out next and says, okay, here is what these consoles are, here is the games and stuff, it's going to be interesting to see um, like where where State of Play goes from there, where E3 goes from there, and all, all these other little uh, events and stuff. Well, not little events, E3 is not little, but uh, all, all these kind of events and these sort of video presentations, what's going to kind of happen to them um, after those kind of things happen. Because then we'll be into the new generation and things will be kind of fresher, I suppose, because there'll be these all these new um what do you call them launch titles to kind of talk about and stuff not not just from like okay what are the exclusives going to be but of course you've got um the third party stuff that's going to come out as well so um because it does kind of feel like at least from this year's e3 that uh 
I think everybody's kind of saving what they're doing next for uh, next gen, which makes sense. So um, we'll see how things how things shake out. Although it's kind of strange that you know. If you think, okay, some of these companies are probably saving their games for next gen, kind of makes sense. But then, if there's backwards compatibility, it makes it less relevant. I don't know. It's 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 going to be interesting to see how things uh, shake out. So, well, really, that that's only an issue on the PlayStation side because right. we've already got proof of uh, function on three generations of Xbox being backwards compatible. When the Scarlet comes out, it's just going to be a performance boost, like if you were doing an upgrade mm-hmm. on your PC. But when the PS5 comes out, and we're assuming that they're calling the PS5 because we have no reason to assume right. they're not yeah. going to call the, call the <laughs> PS5, we don't know how well it's going to work. I mean, hell, how much trouble do they have just changing your damn username? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll see. But um, yeah, I think we can uh, move on from that. What else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, they announced a big, uh, big bunch of games coming to Game Pass and Game Pass Ultimate. Uh, just uh, go through it really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, already out now is uh, Age of Empires Definitive Edition. Uh, this is going to be for Game Pass Ultimate. All these are. <clears throat> uh, Devil May Cry 5 is uh, coming as well. And Stellaris, which I've talked about quite a while ago on a podcast. It's basically what's called a 4X strategy game. Uh, it's a strategy game, but it's a lot of uh, resource management. There's not a whole lot of like tactical, tactical outside of just making sure your squad is not all uh, the one sa- same type of uh, uh, cruiser or carrier. It's all in space. Um, so if, you, if you're a big fan of like epic space battles, but don't want to fly each individual ship, uh, you can take it out. I don't know how well it works on the cam- console. I've been playing it on a PC for a while now. It's a lot to take in. Um, they've gotten a lot better with the tutorials, but you're going to be uh, Googling a lot of how do I do this and how do I do that. Uh, coming out, well, today, by the time you hear this, once it get posted, it's going to be Ape Out, which I've not heard of. And then a big one, another big one, Kingdom Come Deliverance, mm. because uh, Microsoft just acquired Warhorse Studios. Uh, so if you haven't played that game, you've heard both me and Matt talk about it. That's going to be one uh, you'll be able to check out as part of Game Pass. Uh, August 27th is going to be the fourth Bard's Tale game, uh, the Director's Cut, which is obviously going to be the uh, upgraded version of that. August 30th, because you need more games on August 30th, no, is, uh, the Blair, <laughs> yeah, is going to be the Blair Witch coming to uh, Game Pass. I'm excited and this for that. One, yeah, and this one kind of threw me. It, it's listing uh, Dead Cells, um, which okay. I thought was on Game Pass, but I, I vaguely I just remember it buying it. Yeah, I don't really check yeah, I mean, Game Pass, but I th- I'm sure I've seen it on there. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I bought it a while ago because it was on a sale for like twelve bucks. Um, yeah, but it, it's a it's a great um, example of how you should do a roguelike because you definitely feel the progress of collecting the stuff to upgrade your stuff, and it's all randomized too. And when I say randomized, obviously the the layout of the rooms are different each time you go through. But when you unlock better weapons, you don't unlock a specific weapon. It just says, you know, improve, you know, random starting sword or improve random starting bow. Uh, the only thing that you unlock that are permanents are like health potions and number of times you can use them and things like that. Um, but it's a good game. It's very, very Twitch uh, centric. And when I say Twitch centric, I mean, you have to have your reflexes on point. So oh, if you're okay. right. like, if, if you get groin stomped on Dark Souls, this will send you into a corner crying in the fetal position. Uh, and the monster's not even that hard. It's a eight bit. It's like a 16 bit pixel 2d side scroller, mm-hmm. but you got to have that lightning fast reflexes. Hmm. 
Cool. Yeah, um, interesting to see Kingdom Come Deliverance and uh, Devil May Cry 5 on there. Uh, Devil May Cry 5 came out this year, didn't it? In like May or something? I know it was this year. I uh, can't remember exactly what month. It might have been April or March or, or something like that. So, <coughs> um, But yeah, that, that's sort of been happening already. Because I think wasn't Metro Exodus added to Game Pass like a little little while ago and that came out this yeah, year? Yeah, I, I played like the first part of the intro and then I just kind of lost interest in it. It just... It wasn't anything bad. It's kind of like with Witcher 3. It's just it wasn't really my style of game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've said repeatedly on the podcast that I'm not great at first-person shooters, and this one has some odd-ass mechanics that just never clicked with me. And so mm-hmm. I played about an hour of it, and I was just like, yeah, I'm just not really feeling it. Yeah. Oh, by the way, for uh, Metro Exodus, uh, it's good that we, we brought that up. Um, there's some new new deal. I think it's out today or tomorrow. Actually, I think they said on Monday that it's out the next day. It, it should already be out by this time. Um, by the time you hear the podcast, yeah, it'll be out. Yeah. Um, some new DLC for Metro, which I wasn't really expecting. They also said that uh, I think it's 4A Games, the developer, said that they're making a new one, which I I, I thought I thought the end of Metro Exodus was the end of the the series. Um, so I'm very, I'm very surprised by both of those announcements. Um, kind of happy because I, I liked them, but I also thought like when, when I was watching the last scene of Metro Exodus, which granted you can get more than one different ending, I was like, okay, that's kind of, I'm happy with that being the, the end of, uh, Metro. Plus that was the, uh, the guy wrote three books and this mm-hmm. was for the third one. So yeah, I was just really surprised to see that not only have they got a new one in development, but there's also, also DLC for Metro Exodus. So be interesting to see where they take the series uh, from here. Uh, but yeah, anyway, um, yeah, go and check out. I think Metro Exodus is also on uh, Game Pass as well, so check all those out as well. Um, so yeah, a whole bunch of stuff coming, of course, and then in the next, what, two weeks or so, around the 8th, or if it is earlier or whatever, uh, by at least the 10th, uh, Gears 5 is going to be on Game Pass. So a lot of stuff on the Game Pass is going to be coming, mm-hmm. which will be uh, pretty good, plus all the games that are already on there. So um, yeah, anything that jumps out of you? Uh, well, definitely uh, the Gears 5 stuff, because... Mm-hmm. I am kind of interested in the Horde mode, and we'll talk about more, that more as to why when we get into more of the news. Okay. Um, I I own 1, 2, and 3 because they're part of a Games with Gold. I don't know if I have 4 or not. I, I'm not near my Xbox. I'm like literally like 600 miles from my Xbox. So I, I can't check to see if I actually own that or not, but I could have swore it was part of like a Games with Gold at some point, so Wasn't maybe I own it, maybe I don't. Wasn't it for this month, Games with Gold? Because I'm sure we read that out on a few podcasts ago. It was it's either vaguely on, as close. It's either on Games of Gold or Game Pass, it'll, or it'll end up on one of them eventually. So, See, I don't know if that's just the Mandela effect, if I remember it, or I just <laughs> think I remember it. I think it is, so... Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, because wasn't it added with, like, Forza... One of the Forza games, and then there was... Yeah, like, like Forza 6 or something like that. Yeah, we read it out a couple of podcasts ago, so I'm pretty sure it's yeah. on there. Whether it's the... Actually, it's gone past the 16th, because they have the whole half-month thing, don't they? But it's gone past that, mm. so it should be out. So, um, yeah. Yeah, Game Pass is going to be interesting, especially for um, for when the the next Xbox comes out and stuff. So, um, But g- g- uh, let me ask you something. Given the fact that Phil Spencer at E3 said... Uh, Skylar is next holiday, so end of next year is what that means. Do you think that's when the PS5 is also out, that they come out basically both at the end of next year? Uh, it's hard telling, because with Scarlet, we kind of can trust their time cycle, because you know Microsoft is um, both a hardware and a software company in terms mm. of you know they know their own tech, and 
they wouldn't put out a date if they weren't going to hit it because it's not like a game to where you can have an unexpected glitch or you need to do a crunch or something like that. If you officially announce the game console, you've pretty much got everything locked down. Mm -hmm. And don't forget, we technically haven't officially had it anything yet. Um, I mean, granted, we don't know if uh, Scarlet's going to stay Scarlet. I would actually love to see that for the different um, iterations and the hardware upgrades to have different cool names like that. But I can understand on the marketing side that it makes the sequence a little harder to follow. Right. Uh, but they have only talked about new tech they're testing with the PS5. We don't know officially, you know, for a PS5. Mm-hmm. They've not given a year or anything yet. So, um, no. yeah, since they came out pretty much together last time, I kind of assume that's what they might be doing. But we'll have to see. Uh, mm-hmm. What else do you want to talk about today? Oh, well, Microsoft announced a couple new controllers because, you know, it's a day ending in a Y. <laughs> uh, the first controller is called the Night Ops Camo. Uh, it's a combination of two different shades of gray, a little splash of silver and black, and a very wavy camo style. Uh, the other one's called Sport Blue, which goes along with the Sport White and the Sport Red. Uh, very tactical look on the hand grips, the extra rubber on the back to give it a grip. Uh, so those are coming out uh, $70 US. Uh, the Night Ops is available October 8th. The uh, Blue Sport's going to be out September 17th. Uh, if you're something, if you're looking for more like the uh, the visual completion part of it, they have both come with uh, specialized colored uh, uh, charging stands uh, with the same colors, and those both run uh, fifty dollars each. Uh, do you collect a lot of controllers, or you just have your one and done? Nope, I've still got my well, not the same one because it broke, but uh, yeah, just got <clears throat> the normal Xbox Black controller. So, and I've not ever really seen a need to to change it. So, same with my. Yeah. Uh, well, a di- bit different with the PlayStation one because, um, or PlayStation Four one because, um, yeah, my that one hasn't broken yet, and uh, hopefully it doesn't. So, um, that that reminds me, I was playing Dragon Quest and I had the you know the Switch grip, mm-hmm. and I was like, this just isn't comfortable. Like <laughs> from go- going from I know I was only using the touchpad on uh, Erica, but um, going from that and obviously playing FIFA on on the Xbox One and then going to the the uh, Joy-Cons on the Switch. I'm just like, these these just aren't good. Um, Why do you try putting in a three or four hour marathon session on a game? Right, yeah. So, um, I mean, I do have the, the adapter to, to connect the PS4 controller to the dock, but I had the Joy-Cons and I thought, hey, I just might as well use them. But, um, yeah, those those things aren't great. Um, but, uh, yeah, I know a lot of people like to... I mean, there's YouTubers out there literally that collect controllers and they have, like... They have so many to the point where they like display them on their wall and they display them mm-hmm. on their TV, almost as if they're like pictures and pieces of art or, or something. Which hey, they've got art on them technically, but I but before I saw those sorts of videos, I wouldn't have considered controllers to be something to uh, hang on the wall. But hey, if you like the collection that you've got and you want to put them on the wall, then uh, that's that's entirely up to you. But usually people put uh, pictures and stuff, so. Um, but hey, if you wanna, if your friends are coming around or whatever, and you say, "Hey, here's my Halo one, the Gears one, the blue one, the white one, whatever," then um, that's your thing. So, uh, how about you? Do you have any other controllers? I have, for both my PS4 and my Xbox, I have two. And what I do is, is I play one while the other one's on the charger, and then when the battery dies on the one, I switch it over. Uh, the two I have, one is like a the for the Xbox is a. Just some random one that I bought because it was on sale for 30 bucks, And then the other one is kind of one of the weird sunlight moon or something. They called it something moon. Okay. I forget what. I, and I bought it because 
the local GameStop was having a deal to where if you brought in a, a functioning controller for a trade-in, you got $30 off. Hmm. So, I mean, this is normally a $70 controller, and I got it for, you know, 35 after taxes. So it's pretty good. Yeah, it was a good enough trade in that, you know, I didn't mind trading in a generic uh, black controller. Um, and when I upgraded my uh, system to a 1S, I had a third controller technically for a while that just kind of sat on the shelf and I literally did nothing with. Hmm. And then my cousin mentioned that his son's controller broke. And so I just gave him that one. Hmm. That's nice of you. So, um, yeah, what was I going to say? I mean, I, I just if my controller gets low, whichever one it is, uh, I just plug in. So and then just stay where I am. <laughs> But uh, yeah, also for for PS4 controllers and for Xbox One controllers, from 2013, which was when both of these consoles came out, to 2019, I've never seen a Xbox One or a PS4 controller cheaper than 55 pounds. Never seen it. Um, no, nope, they're and, about the same here in the states. Yeah. They're after you know with the conversion, they're they're about 70 bucks. So I mean, that's six years. So <laughs> I would have thought they might have gone down by now, but apparently not. So. No, they're not a game. They're not trying to clear shelves of it. They just stop making them, and when they're out, they're out. Like the mm-hmm. the sunset moon or whatever the hell the one is called that I have. If it ever breaks, I can't replace it with that exact specific one, which kind of sucks because I really really like the the visual look of it. But I'll just have to find something else I like. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, I got two stories with uh, Gears Five, and they kind of just merged together. So I'm just going to roll them both together. Cool. Uh, they did a big. Uh, announcement and a trailer dump with gears five the first off was showing off the new horde mode um and they're moving away from just generic characters um just picking one position and just rolling with it uh the first announcement is that there's a new mechanic called power taps and they'll be active in a spot on the map and then you have to move your defensive position to that power tap and maintain it every 10 waves, um, which will boost the powers of both your characters and your base. Also, they announced that the characters are going to be individualistic. So each character is going to be its own individual and it's going to have its own superpower. And then rolling in with that, they're announcing uh, specialty characters. Uh, For example, Sarah Connor from Terminator Dark Fate is going to be a character. That's cool. Yeah, that'll be really cool. And then Emily A239 and Cat B320, which were both uh, two Spartan characters uh, from the Halo series. Uh, they were part of Noble Team 6. Uh, they will be in there as well. Um, for example, for the super abilities, uh, they announced that Emily will have a drop shield and Cat has a hologram. Uh, the two characters were also voiced by the original voice actors, which is always cool to maintain that continuity. Mm. And then uh, it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, well, I, like I said, I'll probably be playing Horde mode just because I'm not much for the story because, you know, we're five games into it. I know nothing of the story, but Horde mode, you just, you know, show up and shoot things and I can kind of do that. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of the opposite. I um, have no, like, uh, need for the Horde mode and stuff, but I'm very much interested in the story. But hey, if it gets both of us to play it, then they've they've done their job. So, um yeah, uh, it's, speaking of Terminator, um, reviews for both of the relevant uh, Terminator films are on the on the website. Those are both classic reviews episodes. Uh, so Terminator One and Two, because I think Dark is it Dark Fate or something, whatever it's called, is going to take place after Two. So that's why I didn't bother with the other ones. Uh, aside from that, um, I do like the fact that because this is one of the things I did catch on the extra stream. I do like the fact that they're giving individual kind of abilities to different characters to kind of make them a bit more separate and unique uh i mean it's kind of one of the driving things of like overwatch for example uh is some characters have like shields or bigger shields or 
guns or whatever whatever they're, they're gonna sort of have um and as i was kind of watching the part of the stream i was like okay people like this isn't going to be something i'm going to be playing but i can see why people would be kind of excited by these changes just just the fact that okay it's still like the good old horde mode by the looks of things um because i i have played horde mode i think it was on gears 3 maybe uh or the second one i think it was the third one um i did play some of it and it did like what it was trying to do it was good at but i just had more interested in, in the story so that was what i went and played um but uh yeah the in individual character abilities or powers or whatever you want to call them probably abilities is the more uh, preferred word i suppose uh, it's going to be interesting for you know for teams and tactical stuff and all that sort of stuff. So um, that will be pretty cool. But yeah, what do you think of what they showed off? Uh, sorry, internet lag. Yeah, I can't uh, wait to try it, at least to see how it looks. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you're kind of interested in the like individual abilities and things like that that they've they've kind of showed off. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um. But yeah, that launches. I, I'm sure the guy said it was September sixth for, for Game Pass or September eighth, and I was like, oh, that's a bit earlier. So maybe they are kind of doing a few days earlier. And I assume the Game Pass will probably still be a dollar or a pound. Um. By the time these come around, come around. Um. So what I might actually do is if I get Game Pass, um, for the the dollar or the pound, and then use that for uh, well, for pound for me. Uh, use that for Belay Witch and Gears 5 and then take Gears 5 off my rental list and then leave a space on there basically because so, there's going to be a bunch mm -hmm. of games coming out and I'm going to want some of those uh, spaces so I mean if I'm going to get the game pass for the, the Belay Witch because it's not coming out uh, on physical I might as well do the same thing with Gears 5 so yep. we'll see how that goes um, cool what else do you want to talk about uh, that's all I had for right now I mean there's a lot of other stuff but hmm. yeah uh, certain Hideo Kojima uh, was yeah. there at Gamescon <laughs> Uh, Going okay. full Hideo Kojima. Right, I I keep saying Games Con. I'm aware it's Games Com. Uh, so I uh, apologies if I, if I keep saying that. Uh, for Games Com, uh, Hideo Kojima was there right at the end, obviously. And um, yeah, what do you think of this thing that he showed and told us? I suppose. I honestly don't know what to think, just because there's so much to really process. I mean, mm, we did see a yeah. little bit of gameplay. Uh, we got some more characters. We got the character of Mama, which was shown nursing an invisible dead baby. Right, because it's on the other side or something. Yep, and then we found out that they that are that the people that we're seeing is like the ghosts are actually dead people from the other side. Mm -hmm. uh, we saw that they used uh, Jeff Keighley's likeness yeah, that was in cool. the game. Yeah, but it's he's not actually doing the voice or anything. He's just kind of there. Right, hologram. Thing. Um. That was cool. Probably the weirdest thing, which is why I said Kojima was going full Kojima, is we saw a function of the game where you have to take a piss, and then they had to come out with a statement to clarify saying that, no, you can't see Norman Reedus's, uh knob when you're trying to take a piss. Right, which you don't need to, but some people are going to be trying to do that. So Yeah, I, I and wonder... I can understand it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing, because if you go back to that game... Uh, Chainsaw, Lollipop, or something. Okay. There's actually an achievement that. to do uh, an upskirt on the main character, so hmm. I could see that being like a little cheeky nod to it. So I actually remember seeing a trailer for that game at at, uh, at college, and me and all the all the guys who were watching it were like, "What the hell is this game?" <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, because I I sent you because uh, I tried to play, went to play Giz, uh, Giz War, Metal Gear Solid Three. And then because it was a prequel, mm -hmm. I decided I wanted to do Gears of War 4. Um, and I kind of explained before, after I finished 
two that I didn't want to really play three because I wanted to move st forward, so I wanted to play Gears of War four, uh, Metal Gear Solid four. Why do I keep saying Gears of War? Probably because Gear is in there, and we've just talked about Gears of War. Um, and uh, there's this bit in the menu. The, this is like digging into Kojima being Kojima. There's this bit where uh, so you go on the main menu. It's called you know new game, continue, exit, settings, all that sort of stuff. And there's a bit where it says MGS one, two, and three. And I think okay, I'm already on the menu of three, so I didn't click on that. And then just out of the you know pure curiosity and thinking, okay, it's a Kojima game. There's going to be something different in there. If you click on MGS1 or Metal Gear Solid 1 in the menu of Metal Gear Solid 3, it lets you play. I don't know how much it lets you play. I, I don't know if it's the whole game. There was an 8-bit version of Metal Gear Solid 1 that loaded, and I didn't go ahead and play it because I wanted to uh, play some of the other stuff, but I just thought that was, that was very, very uh, Kojima thing to do. And then when you go on to New Game for Metal Gear Solid 3... It, you you know, usually when you click on new game, it says you want easy, normal, hard, that sort of thing. And then there's four options that come up. And it says, I haven't played a Metal Gear game before. And then it says, I've played Metal Gear 1, 2, or 3. So I thought, okay, that's a weird kind of thing to come up um, for difficulty. And then I picked on... No, I think it said, which which one have you played? Or which one did you like? I clicked on Metal Gear Solid 1, because that's the one that I played and the one that I liked as well. And then you click on that, and then it says, do you want easy, medium, or or, or hard? So, <laughs> yeah, some very uh, Kojima sort of stuff in there. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting coming I, away uh, from some things in Metal Gear and then seeing, obviously, this Death Stranding sort of presentation. So, what was you about to say? I said, I vaguely-ish remember a Metal Gear game either being on the NES or the SNES, but I don't know if it was an actual Metal Gear game or if it was just something similar to Metal Gear. Okay. Cool. Um, but yeah, that was what happened in the menus of, uh, Metal Gear Solid, or 3, so, um, yeah, so, should we try and guess what this game is, I suppose, I mean, you're doing this delivery stuff, clearly you have, like, package on, packages on you, and Norman Reedus, I think his character's name is called Sam, but everyone's gonna call him Norman Reedus, because no one's gonna mm -hmm. remember that his name's Sam, he's like, you know, obviously you have to look after this baby, and you have to, presumably, just carry it with you for most of the game or something and then you're doing deliveries which is where you see Jeff Keighley um, and then he he said like there'll be other cameos so I assume that every time you visit a station like that so it won't be Jeff Keighley every time maybe that's his one by the way did you spot the Kojima Productions logo on the side of the uh, mm -hmm. the crate thing <laughs> that's another Kojima kind of thing to do there's a mission in um, Metal Gear Solid 5 when you obviously are playing a snake and you have to rescue Kojima from a tank um, you, you have this little, like, um, car thing, and there's a tank that's after you, and Kojima is, like, injured on the floor. So he put himself into his own game, and you have to, uh, yeah, save him. So, yeah, this is the kind of things that the Kojima does. So, um, The one thing that I did notice, I don't know how many other people picked up on it, but the one thing that I did notice is that when it was showing that holographic logo, it said UCA, not USA. It wasn't the United States of America. It was the United Cities of America. Okay. So my guessing is that, uh, you know, obviously we're in a post-apocalyptic world. Right. Yeah. Is that yeah. most of what we know of as the states are gone. And so it's only some cities remaining. And I guess he's trying to rebuild connect. Or something. Well, not necessarily rebuilding. They said the game is all about connection. Right. Maybe it's just trying to reestablish communication between the various cities because that's mm. what it kind of looked like on the map that he had. That the map that popped up and it just showed like lines and then circles connecting those lines. So those must have been like cities that have been reconnected. 
Yeah, I mean, that's, I'm guessing that's part of the delivery stuff you're doing. Because obviously you're traveling a whole lot in this game, and you're obviously looking after mm-hmm. the baby. I, it seems like you're, you're traveling around, and you'll probably face those like monster things that we saw, obviously, in the other characters. And then, it, yeah, the main things it seems that you're doing is obviously looking after this baby. There was the thing with Guillermo del Toro's uh, character, and he's explaining like you know the connection you have to make and all this sort of stuff, and then the deliveries, which we've seen the. Um, great big backpack stuff he's had on him since the, I think since the character was revealed kind of not in the very very first trailer but um once he's kind of had his suit on and stuff um so it seems that seems like obviously kind of a big part of the game there's the bike as well which was seen in one of the previous uh trailers so obviously you'll be traversing a bit a lot of people have said this is this kind of looks like Breath of the Wild meets Metal Gear which I kind of I agree with and that's quite a good two two very very good games that would be coming together because the open world sort of stuff and the like you know how he's doing the climbing on the on the uh ladders and then he's using his bike and stuff that very much says like breath of the wild and stuff um and how the games are seemingly a little bit more open world and you're visiting these um these containers and stuff kind of seems like what you do with the i think it's called the towers and the shrines and stuff like that in breath of the wild so there's a lot of similarities there and then obviously the actual gameplay itself like the menus and everything like that just screams Metal Gear Solid 5 to me so um yeah two, two very very good games potentially kind of coming together so yeah I might have more said uh, um Metal Gear and Horizon Zero Dawn that as, as well. a two combo you could see in there as well yeah um in what sort of gameplay sense do you do you mean uh well you know Breath of the Wild it is a very 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 good game but it's very cartoony ish in its delivery yeah i mean you still have the bikes but in uh, um, horizon zero dawn you can mount the mon- the uh, monsters and use them as like a riding beast mm-hmm. and it has that more of like a, a mechanical post-apocalyptic look than breath of the wild does so yeah yeah you mean with like all the, the robot dinosaurs and stuff like that yeah so. the robo dinosaurs yeah yeah so yeah i can see we're getting that comparison from as well um i kind of want to know like okay we sort of seen a glimpse of the enemies in, in bits and pieces, and obviously there's the black water, black goo, whatever, I don't know what it's been phrased as at the moment. We've seen it in a lot of different trailers. Um, like, what kind of weapons will you be using in the game? I know in some of the previous trailers there's been, he's using a seemingly sort of futuristic assault rifle kind of thing, which again, that mm-hmm. kind of looks like the same uh, shooting style from Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of that in there as well. Hopefully there's some like, hopefully Kojima finds a way to put some of the work he was going to do for PT in Death Stranding, but he's going to have to be very, very careful about what he does if he does that, because obviously Konami's going to be watching this with a really, really close eye, so, um, Mm. and like, is there any Castlevania stuff in there? Is there, what's going to sort of be in there? Like any references to any past Metal Gear characters or... Uh, Silent Hill sort of stuff. So yeah, a lot, a lot that you can kind of uh, see from the game, and it's out in a couple of months. It's out on, I think it's November eighth. They said previously. So um, yeah, it's interesting because Jeff was saying like, oh, you know, he's flown halfway around the world. He shouldn't really be here. He should be working because they're in the kind of the crunch period, which was interesting. Obviously, he's probably in the final stages of the game. Um, when do you expect it to go gold? Around the end of October, roughly. It's usually a couple of weeks before. Yeah, probably two or three weeks before their announced release date, assuming it doesn't get pushed back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't. So, again, this is kind of a crazy turnaround from uh, PT and the Fallout and him leaving Konami. It's still a very, very quick turnaround. Um, 
and uh, I mean in a good way like if it's as good as what it should be then it's going to be one of the best like development cycles I suppose in like a really short yeah. amount of time because when was the game revealed no, in like 2016 uh, or something 2017 maybe about that yeah and I have no problem with the game getting pushed back as long as the final product is better because mm. yeah. um, how many games hell in the last year have we seen that came out too early yeah Anthem yeah <laughs> there, was, there was some news about them this week as well um, with some of their, I, I I didn't like read the story properly, but two of the people that are involved with Bioware are, are leaving the company. So, mm-hmm. um, and Anthem seems to be just dead at the moment. But um, yeah, it, it, what's your excitement level for for Death Stranding? Not overly high, just because I they still haven't told me enough of what it is for me to be interested in it. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to be checking out. You know, some of the reviews, I'll probably watch like a first hour or so of a Let's Play. But I just don't know enough about the game to really be excited about it. I mean, I'm not the the people that are regular listeners to the podcast know that on, on some levels I am a fanboy and I always admit to being a fanboy. I'm not the hugest fanboy for Kojima. I love the fact that he's a bit of an auteur. I love the fact that he can do this thing the way he wants it now because mm-hmm. that's always you always get a better product with that. Yeah. And I love the fact that he's not constantly delaying it to make it perfect. He's got a schedule and he's sticking to it for the most part. Mm. Um, it's just that, you know, not the biggest fan. So, you know, I hope him all the success in the world. I never root for anybody to fail, except for maybe a couple sports teams, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah, Wolves and the referee. So, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we'll let the final product come out and let it speak for itself. And then if it, you know, blows everybody's doors off once the initial ooing and aahing fanboying comes out. Because I was the same way with Fallout 4. When that game first came out, I was just in complete love with it. Mm-hmm. And then after the shine wore off, I started seeing some of the problems with it. And then I never did wind up finishing the last of the DLC to this day. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, Death Stranding, November 8th. It looks weird, wonderful, and very Kojima. Um, and we'll see if there. Do you think we'll get any more on this game between now and? I think we'll get one more thing from like like some information in a state of play, which has been a lot of state of play rumors lately. So I I think we'll probably get a state of play in like October ish, because that's when obviously uh, we're going to be getting Concrete Genie, we're going to be getting Medieval and Death Stranding all within a roughly a month of each other. So I think they do want to do. Uh, it makes sense if they did one kind of. Um, Maybe not last state of play for the year, but one more state of play for for those three games to really give them the last kind of push that they need, I suppose. Yeah, I hope we get one final full-length, at least three to five minute trailer that finally explains what this game is about. Mm -hmm. Because that's the one thing. We know a lot that's in the game in terms of of characters and looks. We still don't really know what the game's about. Mm Mm-hmm. I think I'd be okay if I, I obviously like some of it's supposed to be a mystery to a degree, but I do agree in the fact that like okay, what what is the world? What are you completely doing? I guess why and yeah, just, just to, I, I agree on some of the like more basic stuff like why are you doing what you're doing and a bit more about it, but not in terms of like Kojima coming out and saying here's the mysteries of Death Stranding that, that sort of thing. That's no, I mean supposed to be. Like, to to clarify it a little bit more, I'd love to know what your purpose is. Yeah, like your yeah. character as Sam, what is your purpose in the world? Because we really haven't had that completely explained either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and agree. if they just so. like limited it to that, then at least we'd have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
cool. So we'll see more hopefully soon, and then the game will obviously be out uh, on November eighth. So uh, something which I wrote in, which I uh, was writing in during when you were talking about what you were playing. Uh, some of the Game Informer stuff uh, were laid off this week, and some of the um, GameStop because I think they're connected companies. I couldn't tell you which in which way, shape, or form. Yeah, but... GameStop bought Game Informer magazine okay. at some point a few years ago. Um, and it is sad that everybody that so many people are losing their jobs, but it's not unexpected because GameStop has been on a continual down yeah. for God knows how long. Um, they're shedding jobs like crazy, and the physical magazines have been essentially dead for God knows how long. The only even magazines and newspapers that are still kind of afloat are either like the small local ones that focus on local issues or the ones that are owned by larger corporations to just exist so that the name exists. Mm-hmm. Like the, the you know, I can't remember which one it is, but Amazon owns a newspaper and I that newspaper. That, but... Yeah. They bought, I want to say wall street something, but I'd, I'd have to Google it to find out. Okay. But you know, American newspapers, I don't think there's a single, like a major national paper that's had, a profitable year and God knows how long, but Amazon just owns it to be a loss leader so they can show a loss on their ledgers to offset the profits that they're making. Mm-hmm. They don't care what anybody does with it at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some of the Game Informer stuff got laid off. I do listen to the Game Informer podcast. Not all of it because it is like sometimes three hours long and they cut them into segments so I go by the time codes and listen to what I'm uh, more interested in. They got a really great email section in there. Um, so some of those people obviously won't be on that podcast anymore, which is a shame. Um, I did see a tweet today from Greg uh, Miller, obviously from Kind of Funny, and he said that Imran Khan, one of the obviously people at Game Informer, is going to be on uh, their Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday. Uh, so we'll see if maybe he'll join them or or something. So we'll have to wait and see. Because Andrea Renee is, uh, I think, leaving Kind of Funny this week because she's moving somewhere with her husband. They got a job at Dis- somewhere in Disney or something. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's basically why she's moving away from uh, kind of funny. So hopefully, Inram can uh, find a job there or whatever. Yeah, I pulled up the article. This is how old it was. It was uh, how old? And I swear I can't talk today. How old it was and how long ago it was? Amazon's Jeff Bezos explains why he bought the Washington Post, oh. December second, two thousand fourteen. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and I, I knew he had bought it a long time ago because I remember it being a big deal that you know he was buying a newspaper but you know the washington post like most uh, of the national american newspapers you know new york times things like that none of them have had a profit in, in years and every, the only reason they're either still flowed like i said is they're either owned, owned by a bigger company or they're just surviving on their online subscriptions and they don't do a whole lot of newspaper yep. i want to say the new york post at one point was sold for like a dollar and I'm not even being hyperbolic. I mean, it was literally sold for like a dollar because it had so much debt. Wow. Okay. Um, but yeah, some of them have been laid off. Obviously, this is a, uh, has affected uh, GameStop as well. Uh, um, uh, yeah, best, best of luck to everybody at Game Informer. They've all done really, really good. Uh, not everybody. It's like some, some of the Game Informer stuff has been laid off, but some of them still work there. Um, and you can go and check out the other people that have been laid off as well. Uh, but hopefully they all find their feet. I really enjoyed a lot of the work that they've done. And uh, best of luck to them. So I wanted to put that in here as well. 
Uh, moving on to some brighter stories, Sony has acquired Insomniac Games, of course the developers of I believe Resistance, the Ratchet and Clank series, and of course the new uh, Spider-Man PS4 series, uh, which they did. Uh, Robert, how do you feel about Sony's acquisition of Insomniac Games? Uh, it's kind of a significant move on their mm. part. For one, it locks up uh, a couple of uh, very important franchises and intellectual properties that are exclusive to the PS4. And two, it's the first studio that Sony has bought in over eight years. Because yeah. we've been talking about, with the studio purchases, all the ones that Microsoft have done over the last few years. And they've really kind of let those places you know, be independent. They're still publishing multi-platform. Um, but some of the stuff might go, you know, Xbox exclusive in the future, which kind of sets Microsoft up, you know, for the next quote unquote generation around. Um, but yeah, like I said, this is the first one they bought in a really long time. So either mm-hmm. they really like what they're doing and there's no denying that, you know, Spider-Man game is their best selling uh, um, exclusive title that they have. Yeah. 13 million units now. So, mm-hmm. which is a big number. Um, yeah, I mean, every, everybody seems to be happy about this, everybody that's involved. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what they do with, obviously, Spider-Man, Ratchet and & Clank and uh, Resistance. So, um, I'm excited about this. It, it already kind of felt like they were part of the Sony family. I knew I knew that they were a bit more of a second party and stuff, but because um, obviously you had Sunset Overdrive developed by them, but that was on um, the Xbox One and on PC. But um, so we'll see if that maybe comes to PlayStation or something is is worked out with that maybe. Um, but yeah, it really kind of felt like they were part of the Sony family. So to make it official makes sense. Um, I was also listening to um, Sacred Symbols, the uh, uh, Colin Moriarty and Chris Reagan's uh, podcast, and they were talking about um, how PlayStation's taken an interest in Remedy as of late. And Colin said that he kind of expects um, like them to buy one more studio by the end of the year. Um, and maybe that might be Remedy Games, but at the moment they've got uh, Insomniac Games, and it, it, this doesn't, I kind of like, I, I was scrolling on my phone or whatever, and I just saw like, oh, Sony acquires Insomniac Games, and I'm like, yeah, it makes sense, um, so it, it's a bit, it's a little bit more of a predictable one, but it's still one that seems to be great for everybody, it seems to have worked out for everybody, and uh, everybody seems to be happy about it, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Sony buys anybody else by the end of the year, do you think that they might do that? Yeah, and I was seeing a lot of comments on some of the articles about that. A lot of people were saying they thought that Insomniac was already owned by uh, Sony. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I mean by the whole, you know, seemingly already part of the family kind of thing. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, do you think do you think Sony might buy anybody else? Hmm, I maybe Remedy, but they just mm-hmm. got out from the Microsoft exclusivity, so they might not want to go to a platform. And if, if Sony does buy somebody, it will absolutely be for exclusivity. Yeah, uh, because they kind of see what Microsoft could put out that's just under their brand, and that could really hurt Sony at the end of this cycle and the start of the next cycle. I'm gonna have to just calling it cycles because at least with on the Xbox side, like I've said many times, it's not even a a console generational leap because it's so because it's so backwards compatible. It's just ubiquitous now. Mm-hmm. So I'll just say cycles from now on. Um, and yep. Microsoft, with all the studios they own and all the stuff that they have, they could really lock Sony out of a lot of good titles. Yeah, they could. I mean, they got um, Double Fine. I should remember their name because I spoke to Nikki. I think Double Fine, the people behind uh, Psychonauts and stuff, they got them recently. Um, 
and uh, th those sorts of companies. So yeah, they're buying a few people as well. Obviously, THQ is. I think they brought two more IP this week or something else. I heard something about them buying somebody else. So. Yeah, but the the <laughs> ones that they're buying are are so small that they're not getting them for a whole lot of money. So it's not costing them anything, mm -hmm. really. So, yeah, every, everybody's setting themselves up for next cycle or next gen, whatever you do want to call it. So. We'll see how things work out. But yeah, I'm excited to see. Um, see, it's not as if like, oh wow, now this thing is going to be exclusive to PlayStation because Ratchet and Clank and Spider-Man already are. But uh, mm -hmm. you never know, they might make some new IP or something. Um, obviously, hopefully they don't overwork themselves or whatever because Spider-Man's going to be some work for Spider-Man 2. And obviously, whatever they do with Ratchet and Clank, hopefully they remaster the, the other ones as well because they remastered the first one. Hopefully they yeah. do the same thing with... Um, with the others, because I, I quite like the first one. So now, is it Remedy that made uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, or am I just remembering that it wrong? Was Guerrilla Games? Okay, that would be the only other <laughs> studio that I could think of off the top of my head that, that Sony would buy would be them, because we know they're Guerrilla? they're going to come out with a Horizon Zero Dawn two at some point. Okay, and I think, I think they already own Guerrilla. I'm not 100 percent sure. I, I don't know. See, they do. like a, no. They can't have because, like I said before, that was the first studio they purchased in eight years. So unless they bought it like a long, long time ago, and they just got around now to making that game, because I don't know what they've done before this. I think maybe the kill zones. Yeah, they had a like a kill zone with the launch of the uh, PS4. PS3. I think it was called Shadowfall. I think that's what uh -huh. it was called. But yeah, that was like six years ago. So again. Yeah, and so they they would have had to have owned them before that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let's be honest, that that would be a huge coup if somehow uh, Microsoft got a hold of that studio and the IP, and then Horizon Zero Dawn 2 was exclusive on the Xbox. That would be crazy. Yes. That would be insane, oh man. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see what everybody does. Uh, we won't know for another year and a half or whatever what's happening. So, but yeah, it's interesting to see everybody, what they're preparing at the moment, I suppose. So. Uh, speaking of Sony, I, I saw this as apparently Sean Layden said this somewhere, although I didn't see it myself, although I've seen it written in certain places, so take this with a bit of a grain of salt. I am personally. Uh, Sony is rumoured to be open to putting games on other platforms, and I think what this means is PC, because I don't think that they're going to put their games on uh, Xbox. So, um, But yeah, I mean, that's not something that would affect me. I would still obviously get PlayStation games on my PlayStation 4 or 5 because uh, I don't game on PC, like I've said several times, so it wouldn't be something that would affect me. Um, but what, what do you think if Sony decided to put their games on, some of their games on PC? That would really have to depend on how they do it. Would they mm. enter into an exclusive uh, partnership with Epic? Yeah. Um, because that's been screwing over a lot of the Steam people. Uh, would they create their own platform with their own downloader? And so you'd have another one that you'd have to log into to buy stuff, or would they go with Steam since it's already established and they already have so many more users? That's one of those to where if they did it, I'd have to see the specifics before I could say it was a good or a bad call. I think the other option they could do, I know obviously PlayStation Now is an option. PlayStation Now is on PC, but they would have to sort it out so that you could... Because um, I think you can sign up for... PlayStation now on PC and you can download PS2 and PS4 games and if you can stream the PS3 games so that's already currently an option so unless they lean into that a bit more like if they did lean into PlayStation now a bit more for PS5 and they sorted out the PS3 stuff or whatever and made it a little bit more Game Pass like and then push that a bit more on PC. 
maybe that yeah could above be, all else they need to do a better job of marketing it because every time yeah. you see anything <laughs> microsoft whether it's an e3 or gamescom right game or sorry yeah yeah game passes their game passes front and center and they show with every single game they add and every single top tier first day game they add why that is a value mm-hmm. playstation still can't sell me as to why uh their playstation now is value why i should have it it feels to me at the moment with PlayStation Now that... Because I think they do a monthly video where it's sort of like, here's what's on PlayStation Now. All right, we'll see you next month. And that's kind of it. It feels yeah. like they're just kind of keeping it in... Because I get the feeling they're maybe working on PlayStation Now for some sort of PlayStation 5 launch or something. Like I feel like they're doing something with it, maybe. And then they'll come out with more than, hey, here's this month's games. Goodbye. Sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, outside of Sacred Symbols, which is kind of an unofficial PlayStation podcast, yeah. is there like an official play t- PlayStation podcast with like people that work directly for PlayStation? I don't know if there is, but I listen to Beyond. I know that's an IGN podcast mm-hmm. um, with jo- Jonathan Dombish does a really, really great, great job on that. Um, but I, I don't know about an official PlayStation podcast, no. See, that's what I've mentioned several times in past podcasts where I say that Sony needs a face because with mm, Microsoft, yeah. you've got Larry Erb, you've got Mikey Barra, you've got you know the couple other people that have been on and off the podcast, you've got AC mm. Bongos that are always on their official podcast. They work for Microsoft. They've got Microsoft email addresses. They do stuff every now and then. That is their face on the gamer-consumer side. Yeah, Sony hasn't had that since the PS3, and they were running those parody commercials. I don't know if they ran in the UK. I, I didn't real, see them. So they really, <laughs> they're really know. funny in the states. If you, if you do like a little YouTube searching, you can find them. They were really funny commercials. They were very tongue in cheek. Uh, like when they did that price drop to one of the lower prices, they had their character going through like tons and tons of signage that said, you know, price drop this, price drop that, and showed the price, and he's. Somebody was like asking him a question, like it was a Q and A. He's like, "I ah, just don't want to believe those internet rumors." While he's walking by, a sign that says "official price drop." Hmm. Interesting. I'm not doing that. So, but yeah, I get what you mean. Obviously, with um, Nintendo, they had Reggie. Now they got Doug Bowser, mm-hmm. uh, and they've got the, uh, the I can't remember his name, but they do have that uh, other Japanese guy who's is usually kind of at the start of some Nintendo directs. I can't remember his, his name. Awada, or am I thinking of somebody else? It might be Awada. Yeah, I think that's that might be his name. He's kind. Of, I, I recognize him when I see him on the screen, but I couldn't tell you his mm-hmm. name. Uh, he's kind of another face of Nintendo. Um, so they have, I guess, two as well. Um, and yeah, so Nintendo's kind of got that sorted in a way. Like it's usually either him or Doug Bowser uh, on the on the direct. Or you know, it was most recently kind of uh, Reggie. So um, yeah, and Reggie was doing that for the longest time. Mm. Yeah. Back to the, like the Wii and the Wii U days, we had Reggie on there, and so like I said, and Sony needs a face. They they need someone to connect the corporate with the customer. Mm-hmm. I do like Sean Layden though. I will say that like if they chose him as the face, I I would mm-hmm. kind of like that. But um, I, I I wouldn't hate that choice. Right. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't tell you specifically anybody else that's there, so that goes into the problem that you're you're talking about. So, um, because yeah. you do have the. I can't remember his name, but the the console engineer or designer. I he I, I've heard his name before, but he's kind of there like sometimes. But yeah, Sean Layden's kind of the one person I can recognizably sort of say a name for. So uh, we'll see what they do. 
Uh, but anyway, uh, moving on to some other game announcements. <coughs> of course, I already talked about Erica and uh, Dragon Quest Eleven demo. You can go and grab those. Uh, Little Nightmares Two, um, which I the, the the I think they spoke about this on the Gamescom stage with Jeff Keighley. He said like, "Hey, we said that we weren't making a uh, Little Nightmares Two," and I kind of believed them. Uh, and they said, "Oh, you know, here's a few DLC pieces. The DLC stuff was really good." Obviously, it was shorter and stuff like that, but it, it was some good, like, additional chapters that I enjoyed. Um, and, uh, yeah, really enjoyed Little Nightmares 1, and they've announced a Little Nightmares 2 coming, uh, I think they said 2020. Um, and it will probably be on most of the platforms, and, uh, yeah, kind of came out of nowhere for me. I was a big fan of the first one. It's kind of a, yeah, like an indie horror, like, platformer thing, where there's there's no dialogue, and there's just, like, interesting little bits and pieces. Um, do you know about Little Nightmares? I'm not familiar with it at all. Okay, it's basically this sort of... You have, like... The, the platforming sections are kind of in these separate rooms, and then, like, once you move to a different room, the camera kind of shifts to there, almost as if you're, like, looking in the room yourself kind of thing. But you have these little, like, figure sort of characters. I don't know quite how to describe them. Uh, and they've got like, these uh, yellow sort of signature coats on, which has become kind of a big thing. Uh, for them like a recognizable design thing from them and you'll basically be doing these like puzzle things in uh, each of the levels and you'll get chased sometimes you'll have to hide and um yeah just loved the first one thought it was great and of course like the uh, dlc as well so yeah little nightmares 2 came out of nowhere i'm very excited and it's going to be coming out at some point next year so yeah a nice little uh announcement there uh yeah already spoke about erica and dragon quest um did you see the officially released footage of the square enix's uh avengers gameplay no i did not i didn't have a chance to do that being on the road this week okay did you see like any bits and pieces of it uh, i mean i saw some people on twitter when i got a chance to check twitter reacting to it both good and bad but mm-hmm. i don't really use that as a metric for anything anymore just outside of how many people in the gaming circle are actually talking about it. Um, so what's going on with it? Um, I mean, it, this was the um, footage that they had like behind closed doors or press was shown it or whatever at E3. Um, and this is basically when they officially released it. They like released it on YouTube and stuff like that. Uh, so it's on multiple different channels. It's on Marvel's channel, PlayStation's, probably Xbox's and whoever else's. Um yeah, I, I'm still not quite understanding the hate, and I'm still not understanding the confusion. I think I spoke about this last week, or maybe two weeks ago. People are still saying, like, okay, why is Chris Evans not here? Why is Robert Downey Jr. not here? Why is Scarlett Johansson not here? This is because it's Square Enix's Avengers game, and it's not tied to the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm still not understanding the confusion about, because they've come out and clarified that already. Yeah, but um, still, we're just so used to seeing those characters look like that. Like, if you go back into the uh, comics before the MCU, mm-hmm. uh, Nick Fury did not look anything remotely like Samuel L. Jackson. But now if you go forward, he looks like Samuel Jackson. That's the same with like the Marvel Netflix shows. It's like they came out with a, ru- a run of uh, Power Man comics looking like the character from Luke Cage. And like literally looking like him. Mm-hmm. And so they've just been doing so much of that redesigning. It's just hard to go backwards to that. Yeah, but, uh, I, I mean, I, yeah, but it's just weird when Square Enix has come out a couple of times and said, like, okay, these are our versions of the characters, and it's our own thing, um, and people still... Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not disagreeing to... with you one right. bit, I'm just, I can understand 
you know, why that is. Cause you know, mm-hmm. I don't think I'll be able to see anybody as Iron Man outside of, uh, you know, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, I get that. So, yeah. Um, the gameplay looks good to me. It's something I'm still very much interested in. Um, and it's kind of the, remember when they showed the trailer and they showed the bits and pieces of the gameplay, like they kind of tried to blend it in with the trailer. It's mm-hmm. all of that. It's that first, um, I think it was called a day or something for Avengers day or something. Um, and it's basically those, the gameplay parts from those first cutscenes, which I assume is like the very start of the game, maybe. Um, and, um, yeah, it's kind of what you'd expect. You're in there with Thor with his hammer. You have Iron Man, he's flying around with his blasters or whatever. Uh, there's a particular bit with Taskmaster and, uh, Black Widow. You have to kind of slide out, <coughs> excuse me, you have to kind of slide out the way and then use the, the guns to, the, like, the pistols to shoot him. And then with Hulk, obviously, you're jumping in and smashing stuff about. So it was your typical kind of Avengers setting. Mm-hmm. Um, who's the one that they, oh yeah, Captain, Cap's on the, uh, ship and Hawkeye's not in the game. So... That's where those two are. Um, I think there is a bit of gameplay on that ship with Captain America, but I couldn't tell you. I didn't watch the whole 20 minutes because I felt like I'd kind of seen it from when they shown the uh, trailer before. But yeah, it's still something mm-hmm. I'm very much interested in. And uh, for people that do want the game change and stuff like that and do think that the gameplay looks a little bit generic, the game doesn't come out until May. So, um, yeah. Yep, it's a long way away. Yeah, I mean, that by the time we get to May... The current football season will have finished, and the upcoming seasons of the Arrowverse seasons would have finished, and those seasons haven't started yet. So that's how far away these this game is. Um, so if yeah, you're... and uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven will be out, and everybody will be playing that. It won't matter yeah. anyway. And I'll be twenty six. So, um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, if you're worried about like you know the game looking rough or whatever, it's still several months to go. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just just try and chill out. So, <laughs> but that's not always easy to tell people, is it? So, nope. Um, yeah. So, if maybe you watch part of the gameplay and you can come back and uh, give some of your thoughts next week, so that would be cool. Um, did you watch any of the Stadia Connect? I didn't see the point too. I mean, that thing. I mean, they might release it, but let's be honest, it's not going to be a contender. Just because, one, all the other consoles are already out. Two, it's not going to be so cheap that anybody outside of just like a passing curiosity is going to do it. And three, anybody that's on a limited or metered uh, bandwidth uses is never going to pick it up in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I watched the first 25 minutes or so and they were just announcing like, okay, here's just extra games. Um, I didn't hear any news about any release dates. It's supposed to be out, I think, in November. I didn't see anything in in the news about that being. Out. I think it went on for an hour. The uh, Connect, but I only managed to watch um, twenty five minutes of it. Uh, but the thing I'm bringing up and what I've written down is I heard no one talking about the Google Stadia Connect after I you know come away and whatever, and I knew the the presentation was finished. I'm going online and I'm seeing you know obviously people talking about. The, the football match that night from Man United and then I'm seeing people talking about uh, the Gamescom stuff and obviously the uh, Death Stranding stuff. I didn't see a single post in any Facebook groups that I uh, at least am joined in. I didn't see any news posts from anywhere about Google Stadia and that to me is really a bad sign. Like if you come out and you have a presentation and you've announced like okay these games and stuff are going to be on there and like you know I see nothing on the internet which even from Cause that was on Monday, I think. Cause yeah, it was it was an hour before Gamescom started. Um, 
like it's now Wednesday, I still haven't seen anybody talking about the Google Stadia stuff. So, and I've, even outside of that, I've not seen anybody really talking about like any kind of level of excitement for it. So, um, I think the, there's the assumption that it's a DOA, dead on arrival. So, uh, and I think Robert agrees with me with that. Um, do, do you think that it might work in like 10 years or something? Like if, if this was happening later? It, in concept, like in in the technical, it would. Even Phil Spencer put out an article a couple weeks ago, well, was giving an interview and that got turned into an article a couple weeks ago saying that mm-hmm. streaming games was at least five to ten years out. Yeah. Um, just because we're not there with bandwidth. Yeah. Especially if you're trying to go as high as 4K, we're definitely not there with bandwidth and that's just here in the u.s i mean you go to countries like in asia or australia or you know south america where they just don't even have the infrastructure much less the internet to do anything like that yeah it it just made me laugh with the stadia connect with i think with every presentation they've done they've said like you know uh um 60 frames per second and 8k like how much consistent bandwidth would you need to stream in 8k that's just just like, just just stop it, you know? Like yeah, because we went through the numbers a while back, and it was what uh, sixty-five hours to use a terabyte of bandwidth mm. on the four K. Yeah. If to eight K, <laughs> take that up to at least three or four. Mm. That's exponential. But but also the way they've talked about okay, you know, eight K streaming on devices simultaneously, this and that. The way they've come out and talked about it is as if it's going to be like the easiest thing in the world. So. I just don't also understand Google's approach to their own service. You can't really call it a device because it's essentially a... Yeah, and 8K is irrelevant anyway because we're not even anywhere even close to like 20% of the TVs being 8K capable. Mm -hmm. I said like maybe like two or three at tops given how expensive the ones you can buy on Amazon are. Yeah, so not only do I... Am I confused about the idea of them doing an 8K? It's just that their messaging, I suppose, towards it is what I'm trying to point out as well. Just the way that they've tried to make it sound so easy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So we'll see what happens with Google Stadia. Especially coming out in November. I still didn't see a date posted. Not even from like IGN or anybody. So, um, And usually those guys are you know on top of things like that. Didn't see anything, so I don't know if they're going to... Do another another connect in a couple of weeks or, or about a month or so, but um, yeah, I think that's all we kind of want to say about Google Stadia Connect. That's all the news that we've got. Um, we do have some feedback, some emails. If you have any thoughts on really any of the podcasts that we do on Entertainment Talk, any of the individual shows, if you want to get in contact, if you have any thoughts on Google's Connect uh, Stadia Connect uh, or Google Stadia, the Connect was what the event was called. It's called Google Stadia. Uh, at least we got used to the name by this point. Mm-hmm. We're kind of saying it a bit easier. Uh, so if you have any thoughts on anything regarding any of that, uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, there's the contact page, and there's information in your show notes. Kyle says, so with Insomniac Games being acquired by Sony, do you think they have looked at what Microsoft is doing and realized they may have needed to secure some second-party studios who could be next? So we discuss this a little bit more, but I want to take this question from the Microsoft side of things. With them making all the acquisitions that they've done uh, in terms of studios, not in terms of IP, we're not really talking about the THQ method, we're, we're more talking about the studio side of things. Do you think they kind of looked at what Microsoft was doing and thought like, hey, we should maybe acquire a company or two? Uh, I 
don't think so, just because these studio acquisitions aren't something that you do overnight or on a whim. They take yeah. a lot of time and a lot of lawyers hashing things out. Um, maybe, like, in the peripheral, they kind of have been watching Microsoft a little bit. Mm. But the last thing you want to do as a company is to look to see what everybody else is doing and then just doing the exact same thing. Uh, that's a sure way to go downhill fast. <laughs> yeah. Um, I kind of think that they have a little bit been looking at sort of, okay, Microsoft bought all these studios and none of those games are going to be on PS4. Well, some of them will, some of them won't be or whatever in the future. Because you've got like uh, Ninja Theory's next game and Outer Worlds and stuff is going to be on a PS4. But presumably their next games and stuff like that. Um, and people like Double Fine, uh, their next games uh, presumably aren't going to be on PS4. Um, so I think they have kind of looked a little bit and thought like, okay, you know, it's it's kind of goes along with the theme I was saying earlier. Everybody's kind of cooking what they're doing for for the next wave or the next gen or the next iteration of games. Um, and I, I just think it's more along the lines of those sorts of things. Like THQ, they are getting their IP for like the future and stuff. Obviously, they're developing games at the moment. I mean, everybody's developing games for new consoles you know presumably ea and ubisoft and and square enix and other companies are developing what they're doing for uh ps5 xbox scarlet and whatever nintendo does um and i do think i just think it's a little bit more along the lines of okay what do we need and then they saw insomniac games they saw the success success of uh, spider-man and decided to kind of go for that so and like like you kind of said as well we don't know how long necessarily they've been like in contact with Insomniac, uh, obviously. Do you, do you think Spider-Man was kind of the big push for them? Like, they saw the big success from that and thought, like, okay, we'll get these guys in, maybe? That was that definitely had to factor in mm-hmm. on some level with them. Um, plus, maybe they just realized, oh, crap, we thought we owned them, but we don't. <laughs> you know? Right. Because, like I was saying, a lot of people thought that they already owned them. Maybe they thought they already owned them, and it turns out they didn't. Mm. Yep, so we'll see, obviously, what comes of all this. Uh, yeah, who could be next? I did write down two developers, actually, which are close to Sony um, and uh, could do some stuff with them in the future. I wrote down Supermassive Games. They are the developers of Until Dawn and the upcoming uh, Man of Maiden. How are you pronouncing that, the name of that game? Is it Man of Madan or Maiden to you? I've always heard Madan, but that doesn't mean I'm right. Right. That, that also doesn't sound right to me. I always said Man of Maiden. But anyway, uh, I would look at Supermassive Games, uh, Until Dawn. Um, did you play Until Dawn? Have you? No, I, I watched a Let's Play of it, but I didn't actually play it myself. I didn't, like I said, I haven't owned a PS4 very long. Right. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, I really liked Until Dawn, and like I said, I'm excited for Man of Maiden, but it also comes out on the day that I'm excited for a lot of other games that are coming out on that date as well. So we'll see it. Yeah. I I don't even I don't know what I'm gonna be playing on August thirtieth. Uh, so <laughs> I guess I'll have some choices. You're gonna be so. paralyzed from your choices. <laughs> You're just gonna be uh 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 uh. Right. Yeah. And I mean, there's be two horror games because Blair Witch and uh, Man of Maiden. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, yeah. What do you think? Do you think they could go for super massive games in the future? Yeah, that would make sense on some level, but. Mm-hmm. Have they? What other games have they made besides those two? I, I mean, if they had like a back library of like seven or eight, maybe. But if it's only been those two, they might not want to make the financial risk on it. Possibly, yeah. Because uh, Man of Maiden, by the way, is also coming to uh, Xbox One. For those of you that didn't know, and if you didn't know, and you do own Xbox One, you can play Man of Maiden. So, uh, good news for you. 
Quantic Dreams uh, is a little bit more unlikely because they have recently expressed uh, some desire to put uh, some of their other games on PC and go more multi-platform. So they're a little bit less likely, but um, I put Quantic Dreams down. Of course, they're the the developers of Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls, and uh, Detroit Become Human. Um, But do you think Quantic Dreams could change their, uh, their mind in the future, potentially? Well, I mean, technically, if the check's big enough, anybody can change their mind. Right, I don't true. see it just because they were exclusive on one platform and then they made a single game exclusive to another platform. And if they're talking about just being multi-platform, you got to give them a really good reason mm-hmm. to uh, to not do that. And I just don't see Sony doing that. I mean, Microsoft has been you know spending money, but they've got money to burn right now. Sony, not so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, last question, Lucy says, uh, everyone is anxiously awaiting PS5, Ghost of Tsushima, Tsushima. How do you pronounce that game? To, to you? I've always heard Tsushima, but Tsushima. I'd, like I said, I don't know if that's right or not. I would say Tsushima, but I don't know. Ghost of Tsushima and The Lost of Us 2 News. Let me read her question again, because I interrupted myself. Everybody is anxiously awaiting PS5, Ghost of Tsushima, and The Lost of Us 2 News. Where are we? When are we getting it? Um, like, I, I feel like around October-ish that there might be some sort of PlayStation news. I think there will be some, some, one last thing for, like I said, Death Stranding, Medieval, and Concrete Genie, because they're all out within about a month of each other, because uh, Concrete Genie is the 8th of October, Medieval's the 25th, and uh, Death Stranding is exactly a month after uh, Concrete Genie. Um, but outside of those games, which which we've already discussed... Uh, when do you think we might get updates on, I guess, the big three Sony things? That's going to entirely depend if they're going to be PS5 or if they're going to be PS4 with some sort of upscaling to the PS5. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're exclusive and launch titles to the PS5, then not at least until a month until they're about to go gold. Because there's no reason to. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that would all depend on when the PS5 is coming out. If they're going to do kind of like what Rockstar did with uh, GTA V and do it multi-platform, then probably after Death Stranding is going to come out because you want that game, at least Sony wants that game, to have a really, really big launch sale. And they wouldn't do anything to sabotage that intentionally. Mm -hmm. How about... So, Death Stranding November uh, November 8th. Let's say towards the... You don't want it too close to December. Let's say towards the end of November, once Death Stranding's been out for two, three weeks or so. Uh, there's been a lot of... Uh, just the speculation about Last of Us being like May or February or April. Around, around like Q1, Q2 2020. I wonder if we could get a state of play with... Not PS5, but with Ghost of Tsushima... And with Last of Us 2, like a, a, a separate um, state of play for those two big games. Or maybe they they just go and do um, PSX this year. They haven't said anything about that. That's usually around like November-ish. So they could do that after, um, after Death Stranding. And plus, if they did <coughs> do PSX after those three games in November, they could not only remind you that those three games are out, uh, Concrete, Medieval, and... They're stranding, but they could also say, "Hey, here's also news on Last of Us Two and Ghost of uh, Tsushima." So, do you think they could do something like that? I just feel like around October, November-ish, we're gonna get something else from PlayStation. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna get one or the other. I don't see them doing a state of play and a PS 
X both in the same year. So mm-hmm. we're going to one of those two. I would have to say like maybe first or second week of October because uh, you want it past the big games, but you also want to give at least a month lead up time uh, to uh, note the weekend after American Thanksgiving, because at least over here in the States, and we've talked about that several times, that is a huge buy everything weekend. What, when the Friday, the Saturday, the Sunday. Uh, I'd actually have to look at the calendar to see because it's on a Thursday of every month. So it's on a different calendar day. Let me pull oh, up my so calendar it's never the here. I mean, within like a few years, it's on the same calendar day, but it's always like the third or fourth Thursday of the month. Okay. Uh, let me pull this up here. Yeah, there's something around October, November. I think they'll do for for those games. Plus, don't forget, Iron Man VR is supposed to be out in at uh, some point in this year, so I have to talk about that within the mix as well. Because um, mm-hmm. that's no small property. You're talking about Marvel and Iron Man, <laughs> so they're going to want to promote that. Plus, where is Dreams as well? Like, um, that's in. Who knows? Early, I mean, honestly, who knows? Yeah. So they've still got stuff to talk about. Um, did you manage to find? All you no, it's my calendar doesn't want to wants to be a butt. Uh, here we go. Uh, Thursday, November twenty eighth. Uh, so it's going to be very towards the end of the month. Um, so yeah, that's the last Thursday of the month. So. Cool. So something around that time, maybe. So we'll see. Yeah, I think we yeah. answered Lucy's uh, question. So, um, and again, thank you both to writing in. And um, yeah, that's what we've uh, got for you <clears throat> for this episode of Random Gaming Talk. Next week, we will. I think next week we'll continue with the uh, the fifty video game questions. We just didn't quite have the time today because of all the Gamescom stuff, which I thought might be the case. So, uh, anything else you wanted to bring up? Will you nope, like that's to- all I got. Cool. Alright, so thank you everybody very much very much for listening. Of course, keep an eye on Wednesdays for both Random Gaming Talk and Classic Reviews. Uh, we're com- coming up to a busy period for Entertainment Talk. Well, it will be towards the end of uh, September. It will be, be a busy period. I might do a little um, like autumn fall kind of preview podcast thing for uh, Entertainment Talk. Just let you guys know fully kind of what's coming out. So look out for yeah, look out for everything on EntertainmentTalk.org. Keep your eyes on the website and on the podcast feeds. Uh, speaking of podcast feeds and all that sort of stuff, of course, entertainmenttalk.org is where you can find all of the content. If you would like to support Entertainment Talk, you can do that as well. That would be very helpful. We are on Patreon. Of course, go and have a look at the new uh, $3 tier and see if it is to your liking. If there's anything you'd like changed on Patreon, uh, then just let us know by the methods we've already told you. Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org is the email, of course. But yeah, Patreon, go and check us out over there, patreon.com forward slash entertainmenttalk. Uh, Amazon affiliate link, you can shop on Amazon, we'll get a small cut. And it won't cost you extra. iTunes feeds, please rate, review, and subscribe to those. Of course, subscribe to get sent new episodes when iTunes bothers to tell people. Uh, I've, I've noticed that iTunes is weird with sending out episodes. Sometimes they'll send me notifications for stuff, and then sometimes it will just pop up in the feed. So yeah, keep your eyes on iTunes and uh, entertainmenttool.org. But please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast feeds. Of course, if you don't want to review the feed, you can tap on the star rating. That helps us out as well. Uh, and lastly, word of mouth, just tell your friends, family, people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds. If you see people talking about any TV, video games and films, of course we cover all of those things. Uh, be sure to tell them about the website, entertainmenttool.org. Uh, social media, obviously a big thing. I've started posting stuff on Instagram again because I was slacking with that. Uh, you can of course find us on Instagram as well. Go and check us out over there. But if you want to support us through social media, you can share the post on Facebook 
retweet them on Twitter, and if you're allowed to, put them in different Facebook groups. Lastly, video games, if you'd like to watch us play different video games instead of talking about them. Uh, me and David stream on Twitch, Robert streams on Mixer, and look out for Let's Play Sundays. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah,